Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Well, welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. I'm super excited about today's guest. She is a leadership facilitator. She has a passion to help leaders find their purpose, joy, and freedom through coaching, group facilitation, and workshops. She has an amazing ability to work with people to accomplish any goal, which is a hallmark of her style and focus. She's the chapter, chapter chair and facilitator for the Women's President's Organization, President of Leadership Alchemy. Please welcome Amy Castrovano. Hey, Amy, how are you? Good. How are you, Greg? Doing Thanks great. Thanks. It's wonderful to have you on the show. So we love to talk about endurance and endurance leadership on this podcast. And my favorite question to ask is, Amy, tell me about how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly. I would say my career. I was previously the owner of a technical writing company that taught people how to use medical devices. And now I lead and coach entrepreneurs, as you just said, um, through a lot of transformational experiences that help them grow their leadership, uh, rediscover themselves and their purpose, and really kind of shift to a life of more fulfillment and alignment. Um, so that was kind of unexpected for me. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I studied engineering um, and business in college. So a technical uh, writing company made a lot of sense, you know, with my skill set at the time. And so never would I have imagined that I would now be, you know, using my more creative side of my brain, um, you know, as a coach and as a trainer and as a facilitator, you know, to read people's energy and get them to open up about their struggles or their fears um, and just really help them understand what is holding them back. And um, that really was all because of my endurance mindset. That's awesome. Let's, let's dig into that a little bit deeper. Like, when did that shift for you? When did you tell yourself that, hey, I need to make a big change in what I'm doing in my career and my passion. Like how, walk us through that story. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of came organically. Um, so <laughs> we walk back through the story, uh, you know, I'll walk you way back to probably when I was 10, 12 years old. Um, it really was my first experience with endurance. Um, I played ice hockey as a kid. And so, um, I was trained to sprint for 90 seconds every three minutes or so over three periods. I had to give everything that I had in my tank, but still make sure I had enough energy at the end of the game, just in case we had an overtime period. Um, so, you know, this was no ultra marathon. I'm pretty sure hockey is not considered one of the top intern sports, um, you know, but it sure felt like that when then you're emptying and then refilling your tank like every few minutes. Um, and so if I look back on, you know, you know, my endurance mindset and that ultimately how it led to those things you just asked about, um, you know, my approach to life and business is really similar to those sprints. So whether the goal was to, at one point in time, you know, my goal with my, uh, technical writing business, you know, was to pivot and refocus the business and the company, you know, completely on an entirely new industry. Another time, you know, we were focused on doubling the size of the company. At one point, it was um, selling the company. And so at each one of those stages, I had to learn and then master a new skill set. 
And so whether it was by default or from that training <laughs> years and years ago, um, you know, I, my approach was really to just um, handle it in sprints. And so the sprints were much longer than those 90 seconds. Um, maybe they were like one or two or three years. Um, but um, my mindset was always to just focus on the right next thing. And I found that when I focused on the right next thing, and it waste energy worrying too far ahead, um, and I could sustain for the long haul. Powerful. Um, I'm curious, as you would go through those sprints, mm -hmm. both in your hockey career days and now through business, does the goal get bigger between each sprint or what you're focusing on from for each sprint? Not always. Not okay. always. Um, I have um, learned a lot about energy. You know, in the past seven years, I've actually studied energy. Um, and one of the things that I know about my energy is that it's actually functions best. I'm more productive. I do things that are more aligned and right for me when I actually am responding to things in the moment. So this is probably why the sprint <laughs> worked really well for me all those years. I kind of wish I knew this, you know, prior to seven years ago, because gosh, I had started, you know, these sprints in my business started 20 years ago. Um, and so I guess it's, it's pretty validating. Um, but what I have learned is that, you know, responding to things in the moment um, are, you know, maybe it's a challenge um, or an opportunity um, that, you know, here's the right next, you know, the next best thing for me to do and the thing that feels right. And so we're going to focus on that and we're going to focus on that for as long as it takes. Um, and then inevitably, when that thing, when we've conquered that or solved that, there's so, there's always something else to respond to. Maybe it's a request from somebody. Maybe it's, you know, that phone call with, hey, I have a new opportunity for you. Will you partner with me? Have you ever thought about selling your business? Um, you know, there's always something, um, you know, it could be a crisis um, as well. Always something to respond to. So um, I, I have um, tried to stay disciplined and not forcing the vision and creating all of those next steps as bigger things to conquer um, and more about just responding to what is showing up right now. That's really helpful. And I'd love to get in a little bit deeper. You said seven years ago, you discovered how to manage your energy. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that. Tell us about energy management, your discovery, you know, give the audience a sense of what you mean by that. Yeah. So it really happened out of me just feeling uh, depleted, exhausted, uh, on the edge of burnout from time to time. Um, and the, this nagging feeling that I was meant to be doing more. Uh, by more, I mean, like there's something more for me. You know, being the owner of Novatech Communications isn't the only thing that I'm meant to do here in my lifetime. Um, and so I really couldn't shake that. And so that's really what kind of put me on this quest to really understand, um, you know, well, what is my purpose? How do you determine what your purpose is? Um, you know, if I'm doing these things and I'm putting all my energy into them, but they don't feel like it's, I don't feel satisfied by it. You know, what's that all about? Um, and so that's what kind of led me into studying energy. Um, in particular, when I talk about my use of energy, you know, I'm referring to a practice that I use called um, quantum human design, uh, which uh, identifies 
you know, different types of energy. Each of us has an aura and an energy, energetic field, you know, at which um, people feel that are around us um, and also, you know, how we operate. And so by learning a lot more about those um, different energy types, you know, I was able to understand how to use my energy the right way. Um, as an example, right, not having that, you know, trying to push a boulder uphill because uh, my peers are telling me that success in business is, you know, having a billion dollar exit or that, you know, I had a really good market and then, uh, you know, strategy that I should just stick with it because this company could be really successful um, or wow, that, you know, I'm, I keep my company because I want it to be the legacy for my children, right? There's a lot of, as some examples, right? Things that you probably hear Greg too, um, that, um, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, have a lot of these ideas and beliefs around. Um, and so it's really easy to kind of be programmed um, and conditioned to kind of think that that's what success means. Um, and that's really where I was just feeling like an energetic dissonance. And I'm not sure I would call it that at the time, but it was definitely feeling like a um, resistance. I was feeling resistance. I was feeling resistance in what I was doing. I wasn't feeling aligned. That was a word I wouldn't use at the time, but I didn't really know, you know, why or what that meant. Um, and then when I learned that, um, you know, I was doing things because um, it, the decisions I was making was because of the playbook or, you know, someone else's aspirations. Um, and I really learned to listen to myself and use my energy in a way to serve me is really what made all those unexpected changes. That's awesome. So I suspect we've got audience members who are having that feeling right now mm -hmm. that I've, I put this energy, put my life into doing X. I don't feel satisfied. I feel kind of lost help them with the, that first step for self-discovery? Like what should they be thinking or doing or, or tackling next to kind of break through um, that feeling? Yeah. Um, one of the first things is really to uh, kind of differentiate between the thoughts and ideas that are coming from your mind like your imagination, um, all that strategic thinking that we're taught to do. And again, remember, I, I was trained to be an engineer. So I just, for many years, I just lived in that place of, of analytics and no one ever taught me to um, listen to my intuition. What was intuition? Like, what did it feel like? What did it sound like? How do I know what it is? Can I trust it? You know, those were a lot of the, um, the things that I was asking and wondering and and eventually just started to ex experiment with. Um, so, you know, if for someone who's really feeling that um, uh, dissonance, that resistance, you know, uh, really being able to separate, even if it means, you know, writing down on paper, right? These are all the things that I, I think. And then these are all the things that I feel or sitting in silence, um, getting out in nature um, and really just tuning into, you know, where the, the messages that um, you you know, are feeling and having that just feel really true to you. They don't need to be these like beaming messages from the universe <laughs> that just get planted in your head. You know, it, your body knows a lot. Right? Um, in fact, I was uh, coaching somebody yesterday um, who had a um, a situation. I said, what, what is a challenge or situation that, um, you know, you're currently facing? And they told me about something that they had to decide within the next three days. They were flying across the world um, and had to make this decision and they hadn't even done it yet. 
Um, and so in that moment, you know, I got that person into their body, eyes closed, um, you know, really turned off the brain um, and was able to help them, you know, really like in 10 minutes, um, find out what really was true for them and not what they think they should do. You know, oh, I should probably call this person, you know, oh, I, 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 could, I could hire someone to do this for me. Um, you know, it would be the smart thing to do. You know, what would advance my career the most is if I filled that time by, you know, doing this. And I think so often we are programmed to do that. Um, and that was a big part of my story. You know, I bought my business when I was 20. Um, and so to me, everything was an opportunity. If someone asked me to go to a networking event, will you speak here? Will you be on this board? Everything was a yes, because that inevitably in my mind, <laughs> my the, the programming, the, the track in my mind said, you should say yes, because this is a good opportunity. I can't tell you why but it's a good opportunity and it will lead to something else, right? It's good for you to put yourself out there. It's good for you to meet new people. It's good for you to get involved in other organizations. It's good for the company to have visibility, um, all the reasons. And so I think that's eventually what led, led to a lot of that, you know, depletion and exhaustion was I was just saying, yes, 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 without ever stopping and listening to what does Amy want? And does Amy want to spend her energy doing this instead of her energy focusing on, you know, perhaps one of the challenges in her business or later in life, my energy on my family. Um, you know, it was just a lot of that programming and that conditioning of what we should do. And we get stuck in the head and not so much listening, you know, to the, the body will tell you, um, you know, really what's right for you. So I'd love to get into the feelings that you were having mm -hmm. when you were making that transition, that transition from being programmed <laughs> to right following your in your intuition because <clears throat> that's got to be a really difficult stage right there's yeah. got to be a lot of looking back a lot of second guessing help talk to us about those feelings and, and how you handle that that transition yeah yeah I think I so I mentioned I was kind of studying this for about seven years um when it really uh, so I was kind of experimenting with it um, but when my feelings of frustration, um, just that like lack of alignment, you know, got to its kind of peak is really when I said, you know, I have nothing to lose, <laughs> right? I feel so like out of my body right now, right? I moved. Um, and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy, you know, what I did, right? When I, uh, bought this business, it was a hell yes for me. Right. I, when each and every one of those stages, when I was doing something, you know, new and learning a new skill set and mastering a skill set, you know, that was exciting. And that was uh, that was right for me at the time. Then I got to a point where I was just like, wow, this doesn't feel energizing and which eventually led to, gosh, this feels uh, like something I just don't want to do. Right. Feeling some resistance, then sometimes feeling some resentment. Um, and that is when. Um, you know, I got to the point where I said, okay, well, what I do know is that I need to be using my energy a little bit differently and not making decisions off of spreadsheets and what other people say is the smart or right or strategic um, or uh, quintessential entrepreneurial thing to do. And I need to just actually tune into my energy, like physically, you know, tune into it um, and make decisions based on, as I've said, you know, what my, what my body is telling me. Um, which seemed really bizarre 
um, again, for, you know, someone who studied it to be an engineer. Um, but I, again, I thought, you know, I'm feeling so disconnected right now that, you know, I will try anything to, you know, really um, feel more in alignment and figure out what's going on here. Um, and so that is really when I took those steps to, um, which interestingly was at a really, which is, is what led to a bunch of those changes. It led to, you know, the, ne the next thing being to, you know, merge my company, um, then to sell my company, uh, to exit, you know, a year later. And uh, it led to, you know, people asking me to be their executive coach. <laughs> you know, I train uh, lots of entrepreneurs through the entrepreneurs organization. Uh, I facilitate retreats. You mentioned in the bio that, um, you know, I'm the chair of actually a couple chapters of the Women Presidents Organization. Now uh, I teach people how to use their energy correctly for the best results. And none of that, I wasn't doing any of that. In fact, this was only like 18 months ago that I exited the business, right? So half of those things I just listed, you know, I wasn't even doing before when my energy was all focused on teaching people how to use medical devices. Yeah, so it's it's pretty powerful if you're willing, yeah. you know, to, to experiment. And for me, it was also just a little faith. Absolutely. Amy, you mentioned disconnected a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Disconnected from what? Is it yourself? Yeah. Like it's just a gut feeling or is it the community around you, your family? Like give us the what behind that disconnected. Yeah. From myself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Feeling like I'm going through the motions. I'm doing the things by the playbook, but this doesn't light me up anymore. Uh, I don't think this is my purpose. You know, I think I might be made for something more. Right? I don't think running this business is the only thing I'm going to do in my lifetime. And it feels like right now is that time to shift. So I know I'm saying feel and not sharing an emotion word with it, but it definitely was like a sensation, a knowing. It was more of a knowing in my body um, that it, it was time, but I did. But the feeling I was feeling was like this disconnect, uh, this content disconnected um, from like that authentic self. Uh, frustration, resentment, those types that's, of things. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, shifting gears a little bit, you mentioned you sold the business about 18 months ago. Walk us through that emotion. I mean, any, like, what was the inside like between the time you decided to, I guess you merged first and then ultimately sold? Take us through that because I've had a handful of guests who have sold their businesses and mm -hmm. their perception of what it was going to be like after the fact was completely different than it was, or sorry, before the fact was completely different than actuality when they got to the other end of the, of the process. And I'd be curious what your perception was going into the process and what it is now after going through a sales process. Yeah. I think I've had, uh, well, not think. I know I went in with my eyes wide open. Um, you know, being a member of peer groups uh, for 18 years, um, I'm in two peer groups, had been the entire time. And so I had heard lots of stories of, you know, what uh, other business owners go through in terms of the process of selling and, you know, what that looks like for them afterwards. And uh, I don't know about you, but the theme I hear is that it is very difficult <laughs> to remain in a business when you don't have full control and authority, like perhaps you may have used, had done in the past. Um, so I was that was a big um, factor 
um, that was weighing on me when trying to make the decision, especially going back to that time when I was feeling so frustrated and resentful and there's something else and there's something more, but I wanted my baby to be taken care of. Right. I had all these employees working for me. We have these clients that I wanted to take care of. I didn't want to just walk away. I wanted to find a good home, you know, for that. Someone who was going to nurture that and take care of that. Um, and so, I, you know, I found what I uh, believe was the right person. We merged the companies, you know, together, which actually made them more scalable, you know, for future sale. That future sale came like 11 months later. Um, so it was pretty fast. A, uh, when I sold and then we sold again uh, 11, 12 months later. Um, so that part of the process was pretty much a roller coaster. Um, but the, you know, the process for me, it ended up being a little, a gradual exit. It was, you know, selling to someone I knew that could take care of my baby. We co-led that together. Um, then when I felt like, you know, we were almost to the point that I thought I was gonna be ready to let go, we sold it again. And then it was a completely different company. It was global. It was, um, large leadership team, uh, for a while, I was the only woman on the leadership team. It was, um, you know, very different industries serving very different markets um, that, uh, you know, just did not feel like the right home for me. So that was another time where my energy, you know, and um, now that I had been really practiced and actually, you know, using my energy correctly and tuning into it and listening to what it was telling me, it was, it's time, it's time to leave, you know. Um, which wasn't easy, you know, when I told the people around me, especially in my household, you know, that it's, <laughs> I'm done. I'm just done. Um, and, you know, that doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense to other people. But I knew that that was, now that I had really used, you know, my energy correctly for a couple of years up to this point, I had, I mentioned before that, you know, kind of like sprinkled with a little faith, you know, early on. But now that I had done this to make these big decisions, to merge, to sell, you know, to sell again, to stay on. And now in this moment of my story that I'm sharing, you know, the moment of nope, time to leave. Um, I knew enough that I could trust that. And it, again, didn't make logical sense to a lot of other people. And so a lot of people were trying to get into the, the brain, right? Tell me all the things that I should be doing. Uh, but I just knew that the right next step for me was to leave. And going back to, you know, kind of what I, talked about my intro story, that was it. That was the right next step. I did not know what was going to come after that. I could sit all day and create business plans, um, but I knew that that would be, because I've done that many times in the past, that I would feel accomplished and, you know, that I achieved something, that that I was smart, that I, um, you know, had a little safety net. But at the end of the day, you know, I may not even go through with that business plan. So my focus at the time was this right next step is to leave. Once I left and had a clean slate, then it was time to focus on that right next step, not the, what am I going to do? How am I going to make money? You know, who would my clients be? Let me set that up first, which I know is contrary to a lot of people, but what a lot of people do. And, you know, it's, it was uh, very nut. Um, I was very privileged to be in a situation where I didn't have to, you know, worry so much about that. Um, but that was, you know, where that my mindset of endurance is one step at a time. If I focus there and use my energy correctly at each phase, I will end up, you know, for the long haul, get where I'm going. That's very well said. And I've got a couple people in mind that I need to send this <laughs> to right away. <laughs> Um, Amy, shifting gears a little bit, uh, talk to us about you. You got into engineering, how that manifests itself, and then walk us through. You've told a lot about your story so far, but I'd love to kind of know 
the barbells a little bit more on the front end and a little bit more on the back end and talk ultimately talk about what you're doing and how you're helping others. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. The short summary, <laughs> um, I was good at math and science, right? Isn't that why everybody goes into engineering? <laughs> uh, unless uh, maybe you want to build airplanes. I have a lot of friends who do like to do that. But um, I was obsessed with bridges too. I also had a big fascination on bridges growing up. So, um, you know, that led me to, you know, an engineering school. I also wanted to, you know, play ice hockey. So I found, you know, a, a school where I could do both. Um, I, I decided to do the engineering and business program. Um, this is Clarkson University has a program called Interdisciplinary Engineering and Management. Because I was mindful enough to know that I wasn't going to be designing all day, um, even if I love bridges, but I am a people person. You know, I like to lead. Um, so I really envisioned myself kind of working somewhere on the supply chain where I um, knew a lot about the, the technical uh, work that was being done, but also, you know, doing more, you know, of the, of the leading. Um, so, which of course you don't do when you first get out of school. Um, but that was really, um, you know, what kind of uh, drove me to that program um, and to study engineering. Um, and then a life event happened uh, where my mom suddenly got sick and she passed away within three months. And she had a technical writing company um, that she had started years before uh, that she really didn't have any intention of uh, me or my younger brother working in the business. That's not something she ever talked about in my quest to determine what school I wanted to go to or what I wanted to study. You know, there was never any conversation about, well, do you want to do technical writing or do you want to be part of the business of the future? Like she never, ever pushed that or talked about that. Um, but suddenly uh, we had a business that was left in her state to the family. Um, my father worked in HVAC. Kind of doing heating and air conditioning, very different than a professional service, um, technical writing. Uh, I was in just turned 19 and my brother was 16. So we really didn't know what to do with the business. Um, but my mother was a very smart, savvy person. And uh, when she got sick, she did have lots of conversations with her employees and clients and had identified somebody who was willing to run the business until we decided what to do with it as a family. Um, so. Um, I offered to work there for a year to help my family decide what to do with it. Um, so I um, worked at the business in between my um, the semester or the the year there. Uh, this would have been my she got she passed away my freshman year, my sophomore year. I worked in the business um, and still went to school. Um, then my junior year, I decided to buy the business. Because uh, after being there for a year, um, and I actually did a lot of the finances. I did all the accounts receivable, payable. I did all the, you know, a lot of the client meetings. I sat with the employees. Um, so I learned the work that they were doing and really just kind of got that bird's eye view. And my um, conclusion <laughs> and recommendation to my family 12 months later was, you know, from what we can tell, <laughs> right, the business is really healthy. You know, it's making money. The employees are satisfied. They have jobs. They're not worried. They're not going anywhere. You know, they've worked with this leadership team for a while. Um, they and, you know, the clients, as long as they're getting the same service, you know, I don't see any real, they don't seem to be shaky at all. Um, and so that my recommendation was to, you know, keep the business in the family and that I would buy it. So <laughs> that is how I bought a business when I was 20 and really shifted from engineering to technical writing, uh, which I did not have an aspiration, but of course I picked up some core, I was still in school. So I picked up some courses in that. Um, but as the owner of a business, you often are not the one actually doing the work. Um, so my focus really was really on, um, 
the, the business aspects of, of that, uh, which is what led to one of the milestones I mentioned, kind of pivoting the business to um, focus on the medical device industry. When I bought it, it was focused on maybe seven, <clears throat> you're serving seven different industries. I didn't think that was much of a strategy. Um, so, you know, folk, uh, uh, switched our focus there. Um, and that's really, I guess, if I go to some of the, the historical milestones, <laughs> um, that were some of those that really led up to um, the remainder that we talked a lot about um, in my, you know, following my energy, which was, okay, well, I've accomplished these things in the business. And so I really did, I led it independently for 17 years um, and then, you know, merged it and sold it with another technical communications company. And we sold it a year later to a software company. And I stayed on there for a year and then I exited without a plan um, 18 months ago. And I'm curious, um, the technical writing, were you writing manuals for those medical devices? Yes. Yeah. We were writing the instruction manuals um, and creating training programs for uh, the end users, sometimes for the sales reps, sometimes for the field service engineers. So they know how to fix and maintain you know, that, that equipment. Um, depending on what the device was, you know, the audience would change. Got it. Years ago, I owned a publishing services company. That's why I asked. Yeah. Um, so let's bring it to today. Talk to us yeah. about your business and what you're doing, your coaching service, who your clients are. Give us the give us the spiel on that, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get really lit up by working with groups, <laughs> especially groups of entrepreneurs. Um, so I do a lot of leadership facilitation um, and uh, training. Um, and interestingly, you know, in these past 18 months, I have had a number of people just very unsolicitedly ask me to coach them. So now I am um, finding uh, alignment <laughs> with, the, with the title of coach as well. Um, so I really am, you know, the, for the uh, entrepreneurs and leaders that I'm coaching, I'm helping them, you know, rediscover their purpose, find flow in what they're doing and fulfillment um, in, in their work and in their lives. Um, and so a lot of them, the energy work has actually come into play quite a bit for each of those. We, uh, people who, who I coach, um, in terms of teaching them how to use their energy correctly so that they can sustain, um, their productivity so that they can sustain, uh, and not burn out, which is you know, very common among entrepreneurs, uh, that you pointed out earlier. Um, and also so that, you know, they can stay vital and fulfilled and not get to that point of why am I doing this? I resent my business. Um, when I was in South Africa, you know, five months ago or so, um, I had someone say, yeah, I just feel really lost. You know, I feel like um, I have fallen out of love with my business. Um, and that was a really interesting way, you know, to, to, to put it in the, um, so people who are kind of in those situations, um, you know, this energy work can really help. So I there's, guess I'm there's, energy coach. There's lots of us out there with that commentary. Um, mm -hmm. At the moment, I'm not one of them, but I have been from time to time. Yeah. What was your follow-up when that person said, I've lost the love for my business. I've lost the energy for it. Yeah. What's your next comment? Like what, give us a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I immediately went into coach mode, right? Let's unpack that. Right? Let's find out where, um, where and why. Help me. Because first and foremost, I just wanted to understand, right? This was just a peer. We were just having a conversation on a bus. Um, and so I really wanted to to understand. Um, and then as it became clear that this person, you know, could, could use some support, 
um, I shared with them, um, you know, a tool that I have to determine what your energetic type is. It's actually for free on my website. Anyone can go do that. Um, and so we, um, you know, ran the chart and actually, you know, sat down for dinner one night and I kind of walked through, you know, some of the things that, um, could be useful, um, at that point in time for that person, you know, about, you know, either, you know, finding the things, let's see, without getting too technical about the energy pieces, (laughs) there are ways that we can be reignited just in terms of what we do day to day. So sometimes we fall out of love um, because we're not doing the things that light us up anymore. And, and there's ways that we can work around it and change that. You know, other times we fall out of love because, uh, you know, the business has changed and grown. And so we need to kind of redefine ourselves in that ecosystem. And other times we fall out of love because we have changed as a person and we have different desires and, and needs. Um, and so that was really kind of what we, you know, it was just a short conversation, but um, I think I was able to, you know, give that person, um, you know, a tool and then start a conversation about some things that might not have been conscious to that person before um, because they did not know this information about their energy and how to use it. Right. That's powerful. You know, one of the tricks that I use um, is in my following week, I always try to plan something that's fun for me. And it mm-hmm. could be going for a hike or playing golf or just meditating. And then I find that during the week, I have something to look forward to. And so it makes, if there's any sort of struggle or pain point during my current week, it's like, oh, you know what? Next Tuesday at three o'clock, I'm going to go sit by the river and read for 45 minutes. And it sort of helps get you through the current moment. Yes. I think that's so good that you have that practice. You said in my intro, um, you know, that my business helps people find, you know, purpose, joy, and freedom. And joy is not a word that I actually hear um, people say a lot. Of course, you have that information because that's what I actually say to people. Um, But I don't hear entrepreneurs use that word a lot. But what I do know about the energy, well, I know about the entrepreneurial experience from my own, you know, is that it's so easy to just get, you know, caught up in the business. And even when you're not in the office, you're thinking about it. It's really hard to turn it off. It's all consuming. Um, And many entrepreneurs have lost, you know, their hobbies. Um, It's great if your hobby is you know, long distance running. Um, and that's also your mode of stress relief. <laughs> you know, it's something that you do and it's also a daily habit and it's a good, you know, morning routine, all the boxes, you know, entrepreneurs like to check. That's great if that actually is your hobby uh, because we like to kind of you know, maximize and, and check all those boxes. But um, I find that a lot of people just don't have things, have let go of the things that bring them joy. And joy is such a big piece of this. Um, you know, when you're using your energy correctly, you are lit up. I said that before, like that, that's the best way to describe it. You're not just like happy and excited, um, but you're on fire. You know, you're lit up, you're, you're excited about what you're doing. Um, you're kind of turned on. Um, and, you know, that that's useful, you know, in our business too, when we kind of have that fire. Um, but joy is a big ingredient, you know, for that. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of overlook the fact that, you know, you got to have something in your life that, that makes you happy. And that's, that's for you and it's not about the business. And it's, you know, that's a great indicator, right? As you're thinking through your day, your week, your month, it's at what points was I feeling the most joy? When am I the most joyful? And really be sort of intuitive about, those feelings 
to help sort of unpack like yes. what you could you be doing, what should you be doing? You know, that's an interesting way of putting it using the word joy. And as you kind of reflect on your week, say, yeah, well, Tuesday, I was really joyful. What was I doing at 7 a.m. that was making me so happy? And yes. kind of making that part of your routine. Absolutely. Yeah, another um, business owner that I coach, um, her guideposts, they send her energy. Um, her guideposts are satisfaction and frustration. Um, and so a lot of what I've been doing with her is, uh, you know, okay, let's, when do you feel the most satisfied? Right. What, similar to the question that you just said, okay, in this past week, when did you feel satisfied? What made you feel most frustrated? You know, we really look, dig into those things because those are the guideposts for how to use her energy. If you're using it correctly, you're making decisions that are going to bring you more satisfaction, right? When we commit to things that we actually don't want to do, right? I don't want to go to that networking event, but I think it's, you know, the right thing for my business. And I go anyway, <laughs> I feel frustrated that I'm not home with my kids. I feel frustrated that, uh, you know, it's the check-in line is taking long and now I only have, you know, 30 minutes. You know, I feel frustrated that the person I wanted to talk to, um, you know, isn't there, whatever it might be. Um, and it's not to say that people aren't going to feel frustration, um, but when we are doing things in alignment, there actually is a lot more ease and flow um, and it just turns out better, right? We, when, we, when we go against that energy, right? The energy is trying to protect us, right? The energy knows what's right and we're pushing against it. Um, and so we're forcing things. And when we force things, we meet resistance. Very well said. Um, for your facilitation and trainings, mm -hmm. is it a different topic or different exercise or, or give the audience a sense of, of what you facilitate? If somebody is in the audience and has a group or they're part of a chapter or they're part of, you know, a mind, a mastermind group, um, to walk us through some of the training and workshops that you do. Yeah. So for, um, I do a lot with peer groups, right? So for the entrepreneurs organization and the women presidents organization, um, you know, I do a lot of facilitation within that, uh, ecosystem, right? Some of the standard products there. Um, but I also do a lot of facilitation for, um, you know, actual, uh, entrepreneurs, their own businesses, um, for groups that are going on retreats and looking for new and different things. Um, and so I have a number of programs. I, I do love doing like custom designing, you know, programs for folks. In fact, right now I'm creating one, um, around resilience. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of, you know, kind of custom creation, but a lot of my signature programs, um, are, uh, related to this behavior. Right. So um, how to use the operating manual that you were never given, right. how to create more flow in your life. Fantastic. Slight change of topic. Amy, what do you do for hobby? What's your joyful hobby? Yeah, I love to boat. Boating is um, my relaxation. It's also my hobby. Um, you know, I bought my first boat when I was single. Um, so for me, it was like a very empowering thing. Um in fact, a lot of my friends would say, you know, who's going to drive the boat? <laughs> I would say me. Yeah. Um, so that is something we live on, on the lake where I live in New York. And uh, although it's a very short season, um, that is, uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do. Also skating. I, I, I don't play competitive hockey anymore, um, but all winter long, you can find me at the rink. Um, I've taught my two little girls, you know, to ice skate because uh, I don't care if they play hockey, but you can't play if you don't know how to skate. So we do a lot of skating as a family. Um, and I'm a big uh, exerciser. Um, that is my stress relief also, but um, it has always been, I think, from being an athlete my entire life. 
Um, it has been, um, you know, one of my favorite things to do every day. Awesome. So uh, audience member wants to get in touch with you. What's, what's the best way? Email, social media platform of choice. Yeah. Uh, email um, or also the, you know, contact form on my website. So my email is hello at amycastronova.com. Uh, that's a, it's not tricky for me to spell, but for many people, there's, there's a letter that is always mistaken. <laughs> so that is Amy Castronova is A-M-Y-C-A-S-T-R-O-N-O-V-A.com. Um, and awesome. my website is similar, www.amycastronova.com. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, there is a page, it's actually... Um, amycastrova.com backslash human design um, that will bring you to a page where you can actually um, find out your own um, energetic type. Um, and then I also um, have a contact form on the contact page, um, which is a great way to um, shoot me a note about anything that you're interested in. Fantastic. And I'll be on that website in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Amy, thank you for coming on the show. I, I really enjoyed our conversation at the beginning. We were talking about listening to your intuition and you're sharing your stories of your endurance mindset and how that was built in these 90 second sprints when you're going into each period of your ice hockey uh, youth. That was a lot of fun. Um, your comments around the hell yeah, like when you started your business, it was a hell yeah. And when you exited your business, it was a hell yeah but you didn't know what plan B was going to be. I thought mm -hmm. that was really inspiring. And, and a lot of us struggle with the over planning what step B, C, D, and E is going to be before actually getting off the starting block on, on block A. But lots of super content. Audience members, if you got some value out of the show, please share this with your friends and your family and your community. We want this message to expand. Obviously, like the show um, down in the subscription box. But again, Amy, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Greg. I appreciate your energy. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.